Lork died. He got reincarnated as an elf. Oh, fuck, you're there. Oh, my That's God. Great. Yeah. It's all I've been listening to. Oh, man. Uh, it's really good. I'm almost at 200. They're so good. Zero credits. Hey John, have you heard this? Have you looked at this recently? Matthew McConaughey has gotten very political in his interviews. When asked what side he chooses, he always says, Alt-right, alt-right, alt-right. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. Welcome to the... I was gonna try to do a character. My name's John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Uh, yeah, I really wanted to go hard on the character choice, but I bailed. I bailed every I bail every time on characters. It's, it's probably my weakest trait. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple accents I could work on. Why would you try to do a character on this show where we play ourselves? Well, I mean, for the most part, this show is my reel. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been sending, like, little snippets. Snippets? <laughs> I've been sending, I've been sending s- s- snippets. Uh, which is maybe why I'm not getting, uh... <laughs> you shouldn't send snit pits. You should send snippets. Yeah, uh, so I have been sending those to, uh, various headhunting agencies. Mostly, like, consulting firms and, uh, cryptocurrency magnates. You know, I can make that a whole lot easier. Because you know our host, Blueberry? Mm-hmm. They've hooked up with a little service called Audioburst. Ooh! And now we can do little bite-sized pieces of content for our social media. I, I like that, number one. Uh, also, it sounds like we're being sponsored by a company we we're are. already paying. Yeah, we're not. We're paying for that service. Yeah, I got all those notifications because obviously I'm I'm on the <laughs> I'm on the Gmail. Yeah, we share a Gmail and you always get we're paid on time. Yeah, we are paid on time. Never has there been a late notice. Thank you, automatic <laughs> payments. Uh automatic payments. That's the whole reason why I have a credit score. <laughs> And uh, speaking of sponsored this week, this this episode is brought to you by the cool, crisp, refreshing taste of Diet A&W Root Beer. Uh, I know that uh, for the past few weeks, maybe months, really, when you start drinking, the time disappears. Uh, we've been uh, drinking beer on the podcast and uh, kind of giving it a quick review, and this is no different. Uh, this A&W Diet A&W Root Beer, made with aged vanilla, no caffeine, uh, I believe is made by the Dr. Pepper slash 7-Up Incorporated Brewery. Yeah, yeah, the very little-known brewery. And uh, it's warm. We got it warm, so we're having to drink out of a... Uh chilled batman cups it's just like when you go to buy like a breckenridge vanilla porter and it's already warm because they don't refrigerate it sorry i'm trying to maneuver my sippy cup and pour it into it because it's warm this is the most dangerous thing because we're on a couch it's very fun that we cannot get dirty uh so i've had a little bit and you know they're both made with the vanilla both the breckenridge porter and this diet a and w yeah the only thing that's different is where they're brewed. Is one's it? brewed in Breckenridge, and the other one's brewed in a factory. Yeah, the other one is uh, a factory of sorts. Now, I haven't been on a brewery tour of the Dr. Pepper slash 7-Up Incorporated Brewery, 
Uh, but I've heard that it's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I heard you can bring your kids. Yeah, you you can bring... And, you know, they let them just make it. And they let them make it. They let it taste it. They don't give... I'll say this about the Dr. Pepper slash 7-Up Incorporated Brewery. They don't give two fucks. They really don't. I mean, you, when you're a small brewery out there, you really have to bend the rules sometimes. I know that you've already been enjoying some A&W, and so have I, but I I won't say that I have to try to maintain the illusion for the product we produce. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a sip and give it a quick review. Ah. Uh. <laughs> it really does taste uh, like root beer flavor. Oh, yeah, they really got that root beer flavor down. And what I really like is uh, the alcohol is near imperceptible. Yeah, the only alcohols it's got are the uh, sugar alcohols that aren't digested by the body. So it's amazingly the first beer we've had on the podcast that is zero calorie. Yeah, zero calorie, zero credits. Therefore, it gets the zero credit stamp of approval. And also, far and away, the, the cheapest beer we've had on the podcast, because uh, Diet A&W Root Beer, if you go to your nearest HEB or price-matching superstore, I believe they're three for $9 for a 12-pack right now. Whoa, a whole 12-pack. Normally, with beer, you can get, like, a six-pack. But this, you know, they pass the savings from the children onto you. Yep, children brewed, children tasted, children approved. It's A&W Diet Root Beer. Uh, so, I think we can pierce the veil. Yeah. Pierce the veil's a, a band, right? <laughs> That's my response. I'm not editing out that cough. Pierce the Veil? I've never heard of it. I've heard of Beyond the Pale. I feel like Pierce the Veil might be a band that people I knew who went straight edge liked. Oh, straight edge, like we're not gonna, like, cut ourselves... Straight edge is uh, no drugs, no alcohol. No cutting ourselves. I think that might be part of it. It's tough to say. Uh, but uh, not important. Uh, what I did want to say, uh, I think it's important that we pierce the veil and say that uh, we are not drinking an alcoholic beverage. Uh, Wait, what? Th- there's no alcohol in this other than the aforementioned sugar Why would alcohol. they call it beer if there's no alcohol? Well, see, when you... Uh, I've already had, like, three of these. And I'm, t- I'm maybe... Uh, I'm feeling the effects, man. It's hitting you harder than uh, than the Hefeweizen ever did. <laughs> what if that was... Yeah. What if that was... I Like, we, you've never seen me drink a soft drink until now. And, like, for some reason it has a super adverse effect on me. <laughs> uh, you're super allergic to it. Uh, you're very allergic to, hold on, let me find the ingredient that I've never heard of before. Quillalia, Quillalia extract. Oh, yes. Uh, you, you know where that comes from, right? Uh, Quillalia? Porcupine quills. Oh. And they still them. That's the root beer part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> that's why they call porcupines the root beer animal. Uh, so, yeah, I, I drank... A lot of really sugary frozen margaritas over the weekend, and I never want to drink again. So yeah, this past Easter, we had the great idea to go to one of the more popular touristy places in the city that we live in of Austin, Texas, and drink way too many frozen margaritas. Yeah, it was one of those situations where the first time I got a frozen... Uh, anyone who's listened to the podcast who's enjoyed a margarita knows that there's a definite spectrum as there is with any mixed drinks, but margaritas are always kind of on the same level, which at the far left of the spectrum, you have things that are basically just like frozen treats, 
At the far right, you have things that are way too strong. And then you always have margaritas that are very, very sweet, like uh, like drinking full sugar jam or jelly, yeah. uh, but are also very strong. And I would say the Oasis kind of closer to that than anything else. Uh, and you ended up in one of these situations where I had one margarita and I was like, this thing's way too sweet. I'm going to throw up if I take another sip. And then I drank it all. And then the rest of the table ordered another round. And rather than be difficult, I just said <laughs> yes. With margaritas, it's always interesting. Because I never feel like I'm drunk. But I always feel like I'm way too full. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for, like, big frozen sweetie margaritas, which, I don't know, man, I don't want to eat or drink after going there every... I was so full. Sunday was hellish for me. That was my only meal that day. Like, I got hungry for dinner, and I was like, no, you've had enough. (laughs) I, uh, my meals for that day were nothing, and then whatever the hell we ate there. Yep. Uh, and then I made, like, a fake chicken nugget sandwich at 1 a.m. Because I woke up so dehydrated. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I have to eat or do something. Or I will die. Here comes a really fun part of the podcast. You know how we just got past John's fizz? Uh And we didn't pause? Get ready for another ten minutes of that. And the great thing about these being non-alcoholic is that uh, we don't have to pace ourselves. So we can be opening and slurping these things way more often. Do you hear that, man? What a good pour. If you guys have ever been to like an AMC theater... They always try to hook you hard on the popcorn and the Coke by playing the sound of a fizzy Coca-Cola and some popcorn popping. This has got to be the worst audio we've ever done. <laughs> I mean, wait. Yeah. <laughs> ASMR, those bubbles. Uh, so Sunday was awful for me because we went there and then no rest. Immediately went to an improv show. No rest, immediately went to a bar. No rest, immediately went to a Game of Thrones watch party. No rest. And then I went to bed feeling worse than I've ever felt. Yeah, no. Like, we came home from that restaurant. And uh, I was like, hey, we're going to watch some community commentary because that's what we've been doing lately. And uh, we get, like, halfway through the episode and I'm just passed out. Yeah. I wanted nothing more than to sleep from that point on. Like, I woke up when I heard the, you know, the do-do-do from, like, Universal or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, the episode ended. And I saw Jamie was asleep and was like, you know what? I'm going back to sleep and slept for, like, an hour and a half. By the time I was watching Game of Thrones, that Game of Thrones episode felt like a uh, sick, non-existent dream, (laughs) which does segue pretty perfectly into the first thing I'd like to talk about. Are we going to review each episode of Game of Thrones as as, as we watch them? It's the most important thing going on in the zeitgeist right now. Importantly, though, we cannot spoil anything. Yeah, exactly. This is a spoiler-free takeaway... Of what we saw. And I, just to recap, last week I, we were kind of harsh on the, the premiere of this final season of Game, Game of Thrones. Because it was very slow, it was very plotting. But you know what's weird? This episode was kind of the same thing, but I loved every second of it. Uh, this, I, I really felt like ending the first episode, I was like, oh, they have to pick this shit up. They've got, what, six or seven episodes they need to get on the ball and make things happen faster. This episode, slower than the last one, but it it did something for me 
where I took myself out of the mind of someone who's looking the, at this series critically as it stands against the work of fiction it's based on. And I was just watching all of these actors I've come to really like and all of these characters that aren't bad yeah. share the screen together for probably the last time. That's seriously, like, we always rag on the writing. And there was some bad writing in this, there's no, there's no lie. But the acting and the characters we've fallen in love with over the years, and to see them kind of like have this weird last reprieve before whatever's coming next was very nice was very enjoyable and I, like no lie i could watch that all all day long it was really like the the breakfast club moment and mm-hmm. that these characters were forced together in one place for a limited amount of time and they share stories and then they will break off and never really see each other in the same capacity again and i really liked it we got to see a bunch of characters who haven't seen them seen each other in years interact for some of the first times. And while I did wish we got a little more consequence and a little more reaction of that, especially for a certain two characters that are like, I want to hear your story. It's very interesting. And then we never really get yeah. the resulting scene because I don't think the writers would know what a what one character would do with all that information because it, it's they don't know how to treat magic still and they never i don't think they ever will learn at this point they've got what four episodes to figure it out yeah they, i don't think they will yeah no i i really like this episode much more than the last one and and like you said there was some issues with the writing but i it really did a lot to make me excited for what's about to happen. And yeah. I didn't think the show could do that because I'm not sure I've been excited about what's about to happen for like two to three seasons. It shows that I think as much as I rag on D&D, the showrunners and writers, as for like not handling the content well, I think this move of having a slow episode to set up this this Breakfast Club episode before these big events that shows that they aren't just trying to rush through it to get to a resolution. They do want to do right by at least the characters that they have adapted and give them satisfying, I wouldn't call it conclusions, but satisfying last moments. Yeah. I I really feel like for what the internet has done. And I guess people as a whole is they've tried to examine this episode to see who it communicates will not be on the show anymore. And I mean, none of them will be. It's it's giving them all some amount of catharsis before mm-hmm. the end one way or another. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a specific moment between two characters where they kind of like reconcile uh, and, and come to terms with uh, not really their feelings for each other, but maybe their mutual respect for each other. And the internet's like, oh, that means X is gonna eat it. I'm like, yeah. no, it means the show's over. P- pretty much. Like, people want to read into stuff like this, <laughs> trying to figure out, well, okay, they're telegraphing, you know, this means this and this means that. It's like, well, give it four episodes and all of your theories are gone. Like, yeah. everything, they're all gonna be gone. They're gonna, either, if, even if they live in the show, the show will be over and, and, their stories will not continue forward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's theorizing and it's a, it's a pointless exercise. It's like watching a movie and becoming consumed with trying to figure out what's going to happen in the movie versus actually just enjoying the story as written. And it relates to something that I want to talk to a little bit later, but it's like going into a specific Marvel movie coming up 
uh, and game and theorizing about who's not going to make it out of and game. And it's like, well, why don't you just wait and watch the movie instead of trying to go in with knowledge that's just going to be revealed anyway? Yeah, I mean, it, it's always like if you talk to people who with every movie are like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. It's like, you must have been... It must have been a bummer for you to watch that movie and have been consumed with that thought, unless it came to you very naturally, which some movies give away, I don't know, something, sometimes something just clicks in your brain where you know what's going to happen. That's fine. But for some people, movies and entertainment are like puzzles where they want to be like, oh, I called that that was going to happen. It's like, doesn't matter. Yeah. You just want to enjoy the thing. And honestly, if you've seen enough of storytelling, if you've experienced enough stories, yeah, there are similar beats because there's only so many different ways to combine different story elements. And so you're going to be able to piece some things together and be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Well, I mean, I got I have a master's in English, so I, I've gotten to the point where I could do that for a lot of the media that I experience. But, you know, it's more fun turning off that brain, just absorbing the content as it comes without trying to think about what's coming next, and I feel like that's a that's a better ride than being the the what's what's that character's name, the Dan Brown character, Robert Langfield, Tom Hanks dude who's like I deciphered the cipher and now I can go save Christ's baby. I've only seen Inferno. Oh, good. I've only seen the third one. Good. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold for the ride, but what they did was they made me be like, it's all right. They turned me from so against this season to just being like, bring it on. Like I love these actors, I love these roles. Yeah. Like I love these characters. I don't care. It, it got me excited for the next episode in a way where I was not excited after the end of the premiere. Yeah. And if they can do that again after I've I've written off this show so many times, then they did one. Thing right. Yeah, I mean, they're good at making a show. And actually, we can't get into specifics, but we can be very vague. There is a large and no uncertain terms external conflict yes. that the characters are facing. Mm-hmm. And rather that than like leave that as the sole focus, which they could have easily done, they slipped a layer of tension between certain characters to make an internal conflict that is now rubbing against the external conflict so that you have different plot lines going. And it's not just boiled down to blank versus blank. Mm-hmm. It's now blank versus blank. But what happens if certain things happen? Certain people survive, certain people... What's going to happen between these these characters? And I feel like, again, that shows that they're trying to do... They're trying to do the series justice and not boil it down to, well, this was just a story about good versus evil the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's uh, very good in storytelling is to establish like an ecosystem that you care about. Because especially if you have a, an encroaching external force that threatens that ecosystem, you have so much more involvement in that ecosystem and so much more like hope for its survival or its continuing so uh, it's it's a smart thing to do. I liked that episode. I liked it too. And I think, barring any more details or specifics, this one gets a thumb. Yes, it, it gets a definite thumb. And also, 
certain characters really need to learn how to read a room. <laughs> a little uh, bit. That yeah. was best part of the episode. Anyway. We have to move on. There is no segue for what I want to talk about, but it's a very important thing to this podcast, to us as individuals. Is it concerned freedom of speech? No, not at all. Is it concerned freedom of the internet? Uh, so the reason why it's important to us is... Does it involve politics? Yes. Oh, no. Uh, it does involve politics because... And I know that this is something that you've enjoyed. We've bonded over it. And I'm so pleased to tell you that finally, for the 2020 race to the White House, we finally have our please clap. Wait, we've got a, we've got a moment that that can rival the Jed Bush please ca- clap. Maybe not rival, but be a, a fine companion piece. This it's just started. It it did just start, and honestly, it feels like it's been a million years. You know, there's twenty people running, the great majority of which are at one percent or lower polling right now, which is probably gonna be great. Gotta love that uh, Pete Buttigieg. I don't know him. Uh, you gotta love that he's polling at like 17%, I think. Uh, the media loves him for and, some reason. And he says the incarcerated shouldn't be able to vote. Uh, the incarcerated shouldn't be able to vote? Yeah, he says that uh, when you go to jail, you lose your rights, so you shouldn't be able to participate in the political system, even though the incarcerated still have all of their rights. Except for felons. Yes, Except felons still do enjoy a swath of constitutional freedoms. But not voting. Not voting. I'm referencing a Futurama joke. Oh. I don't know if it... Maybe maybe it varies by state. Yeah, but uh, the incarcerated should be able to vote, including felons. Uh, but it's fine. Well, we won't talk about Pete Buttigieg. Which Is that how you say his name? I've been pronouncing it peanut butter. He says Buttigieg? But historically, you can either say butt edge edge or boot edge edge. Wait, Buddha judge? Are you sure this is not a subliminal message against the judicial system? (laughs) Uh, He made a tweet about it. I was like, it's pronounced Buddha judge. And then, like, historians were like, historically, no. It's either (laughs) boot edge edge or butt edge edge. (laughs) Historians were like, hold up a minute. Uh uh. You're not getting away with that too easy. Uh, But no. I don't want to talk about Buttigieg anymore. Who I do want to talk about is a little-known senator from Minnesota. You might have heard of her. Called Amy Klobuchar. So many good names. Amy Klobuchar? Amy Klobuchar. Okay, I've never heard of her. Uh, Amy Klobuchar has... She's had a lot of, like, really uh, pretty pretty sweet moments. Like, uh, not supporting the Green New Deal, despite the fact that every other Democrat does. Um, not supporting, like, changing anything tax-wise, being a pretty hardline centrist, openly stating that she, like, supports capitalism and isn't super down with, like, social programs. Oh, thanks, I hate it. Yeah, so, uh, she's, she's doing really well. Now, someone, someone in the audience at a CNN town hall asked her, how she intends to win in Midwest states where Trump typically won by a pretty large margin. Uh, to which she replied, Look at what I've done. I'm someone who runs in a purple state. 
When I started running for office, the other senator was Republican, the governor was Republican, and three of our four constitutional officers were Republican. And then I started running, and every single time I've run, I've won every single congressional district in my state, including Michelle Bachman's. And she paused, which was met with a vicious silence. In response to this vicious silence, Amy Klobuchar said, That's when you guys are supposed to cheer. Which was let, which was met with laughter, understandably. But finally, we we have our jab. What do you mean finally? We we have our jab. We're two weeks in. It feels like we've got one toe in the water. There's still seven billion fish in the sea. We haven't narrowed it down to which main course are we gonna you know get. But who what, who is this person? Uh, why are why are twenty people running for the Democratic nominee for twenty twenty? Because uh, we are dumb. It's because the the left has basically completely segmented itself into people who consider themselves liberals and people who consider themselves leftists. But it really just means there are people who are centrists and there are people who are progressives. So the left has basically turned itself into two parties that's running against itself right now. And that's a bad thing if oh, they want any chance to win. Like, it's a very bad thing. You know, not speaking as a member of either party, because I choose to be an agnostic. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like if you wanted to have any chance of beating an incumbent president, something that hasn't been done in quite some time, you would need a unified front. And it seems like what's happening is... No one wants to do that. Yeah, no one wants a unified front because no one's willing to uh, to suck it up and support someone who they were opposed to in the last election uh, and did not get the nomination. Uh, and, you know, it's fine. People just want... Uh, people on... Not people on the left, but people who are like centrist Democrats. They just want a new Obama, and then people who actually want change want something else. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough. I've seen a lot of infighting on Twitter of people like, and, and it, 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 this always happens. It doesn't matter who they're supporting. Somebody releases new policy or like how they want to get something done. And the typical thing is like, oh, who do we vote for? Old white guy, old white guy, old white guy. Or this person who actually has policy. And then you go back a week and it's like, well, Bernie Sanders just released his policy and nobody said anything, but now because somebody else is releasing their policy, this is news. It's like you're not paying attention to the full picture, mm-hmm. and you're creating infighting in your own party. And meanwhile, you're also fighting the other side, and everyone's fighting. Why can't we have a peaceful election? Uh, we won't ever again, probably, after yeah. this last one. This is terrible. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's so interesting that people are like, hey, do you want to vote for old white guy? Old white guy. A literal cop. Uh, Who's the literal cop? Kamala Harris. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, Kamala Harris. She called herself the top cop. Uh, it's... It's really bad. Look it up. Uh, it's not really bad. We can't get political in the podcast. There's a lot of bad stuff on the left. I haven't heard anything about Tulsi Gabbard. Is she running? Yes. I think. <laughs> uh, What's happening? But also, uh, I say there's a lot of bad stuff on the left. There's worse stuff on the right. Well, yeah, there's the whole report. There's the whole Mitch McConnell thing. There's the whole... Somebody named John Connor? 
Uh, I'm not familiar with John Connor's work outside of the Terminator franchise. <laughs> Maybe it's Sean Corin? I don't... He, somebody attacked uh, Pat Oswalt today on Twitter okay. for, like, way too long. Like, Yikes. just wait, and, and all it was was censoring his tweets and reposting them to say, look how vulgar... Pat, not is this not Pat Oswalt? Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. Thank you. Like the general. Look, look, yeah, Patton. Look how vulgar this guy is, and the guy, and Patton Oswalt was like, "I'm a comedian. Do do you do you not un? Uh, I tell jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's like he, he short circuited a little bit because he's like, "What part do you not understand about?" what I'm about, like, yes, I say I don't censor the word penis because I am a comedian. This isn't this isn't a Christian forum. I, I, I can use these words on the internet. Maybe he was trying to uh James Gunn him. Yeah, I I honestly I think he was, but like <laughs> that's hilarious. Even James Gunn got his job back. Hashtag James Gunn control. Hashtag James Gunn. A hashtag we've never used, but yeah, hashtag James Gunn control. Uh, the only other political thing I wanted to bring up, I don't know how, many, how much meat is on these chicken wings. Uh, maybe a lot. Maybe they're turkey legs. I thought you were a vegan. Uh, chicken with an apostrophe instead of an E. Thank oh. you for clarifying. Man, that uh, dehydrated night chicken was really good last night. Anyway... Uh, you might find this of interest and it might be something we can talk about because we like to talk about the plight of the millennials. We like to not understand the the plight of the Gen Zs. And then we like to minimize, minimize the plight of the Gen Xers. But we're all in one thing together. Hell. Crippling debt. So yes. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, so really the last three generations have been hamstrung by crippling student loan debt. Millennials, very bad. Gen Z's, they're just entering college, probably worse off than millennials were. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren. Yes, one of the white men who wants to run for Democrat. That's mean. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren has, uh, proposed that she wants to create a $650 billion, I believe billion dollar, it is, a billion dollar loan forgiveness program where she will wipe out up to $50,000 of student loan debt for people whose household income is $100,000 or less. Ooh, that sucks for people who make more than 100000 whatever money. I mean, it, it's to keep people from... Because, I mean, the student loan debt is relatively manageable for the relatively wealthy, which is the over 100000 But this is really to keep people who are on the lower end of the income spectrum from being crushed by student loan debt because they get in a trap that they can't get out of. I hear what you're saying, but uh, I do believe Aunt Becky paid several million dollars so that someone would lie and say that her daughter was good at boats. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, I don't know how Aunt Becky figures into this picture, but she's funding this with a wealth tax. I like this wealth tax. Nobody understands it. What? No. People it's act like perfect. it's... perfect. No, it's it's very good. A what is 2 it? 2% wealth tax. 2% wealth tax on assets. Yes. Over 500 million? Something like that. Uh, so the crazy thing about, and one of our favorite things to do on this podcast is explain marginal tax brackets and tax, I guess. Well, uh, we are zero credits. But people like to talk about the wealth tax like it's a brand new thing. It's Did, not. America has had a wealth tax for centuries. 
And it's called the real estate tax. Oh. The real estate tax is a social wealth tax. It is, it is a tax levied proportionally against those who own more than those who are in lower socioeconomic standings. And this new wealth tax is just taking into account the fact that most of our billionaires don't have most of their money in real estate. Yeah, so if they're not in real estate anymore, that tax doesn't kick in to do the good things that it used to do. Yeah. All of their holdings are now in stocks and, and capital, like capital gains and stuff like that. All these huge investments. That's how Warren Buffett made all his money. When the wealth tax was instituted, it was because the wealthy were primarily landowners, which isn't necessarily untrue now. But for the most part, the mega wealthy do not own more real estate than they own intangible assets. And that's because property taxes are too high. Uh, they they might be. I mean, property taxes were potentially boosted up over time because we lost out from what we were gaining from landowners. Same time? Same time. Ah, uh, the fizz. The fizz. <laughs> Hashtag double fizz. I, uh, I very nearly dropped this cup. So... We've had a wealth tax for a long time, and I don't think there's anything wrong with a wealth tax of assets over $500 million. Probably too low. I mean, when you talk about a 2% wealth tax, you're talking about $2 out of every 100 Yeah. Or $0.02 cents on every dollar. That's another way to put it. Uh, but, I mean, if, if we're looking at a wealth tax, absolutely we should have one. We should probably just have a marginal tax rate uh, past a certain point of economic largesse that's just extremely high I, I, I mean we've talked multiple times about how Americans today don't understand wealth they think oh I own a home I own two cars I'm basically a millionaire whereas most millionaires and virgin billionaires have enough money that they could live three to four to five hundred lifetimes and never spend it all yeah and that's something that we just can't wrap our heads around. And taxing 2% of assets? Over $500 million. That is actually very, very reasonable. Oh, it, it's more than reasonable. I, I think that... I mean, you always get into the sticky argument of people being like, Oh, this person's worth... Let's lowball. $900 million. Well, they earned it. They deserve it. Newsflash, no one deserves $900 million. And no one earns it. A lot of that is just your money making money for you, which is literally you're doing nothing. You're, you're, you're living off interest. You're investing it in, in very conservative index funds. The whole anyone who makes money off the stock market by just playing stocks is not providing any service to anyone that and in my purview, that's not earning. You're not producing anything. You're not making society better. You're just generating wealth, mm -hmm. and that should be taxed. Yeah, you should absolutely tax people on assets over a certain point. I, I think that it, one thing that we need to really kind of look harder at is the argument always comes up of, oh, if you tax people at a higher rate or if you implement a wealth tax... Which, granted, the wealth tax is harder to get out of than just increasing your federal income tax. 
Uh, but they say, what if these people just use like offshore tax shelters or they do some other complicated end around to get out of taxes, which is why uh, we rework the tax code and we viciously prosecute people who break the tax code and then we send them to prison so they can't vote. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there was a very interesting thing that happened a while back. I believe they were called either the Banana Papers or the Bahama Papers. I okay. don't remember which. The Panama Papers? Thank you. The Panama Papers. I knew <laughs> it ba- sounded the like... The Bahama Mama Papers? I knew it sounded like banana, but it was a Caribbean island. <laughs> Only that's not a Caribbean island, that's a Central American country. The Panama Papers. And uh, what was very interesting is that it didn't really affect a lot of the U.S. celebrities, but British celebrities were penalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the very public figures, Jimmy Carr, who is a comedian and a very frequent host of panel shows. Got <laughs> and a very freaky person. <laughs> <laughs> and a very freaky deaky man got raked over the coals. And like, he had to publicly apologize and pay, pay back all of the back taxes he owed to the crown. And you didn't see that happen in the U.S. Like, U.S. celebrities were named in the Panama Papers, and nothing happened. And it's because we, as Americans, have grown into, since, like, the 80s, we've grown into a nation of thieves, uh, who we believe that you should get one over on the tax man, you shouldn't have to pay taxes. At the very least, we we see the evasion of the federal tax system to be like, uh, a benign malfeasance. They're like, oh, those nasty millionaires. When will they learn? Uh, not paying your taxes should be like a mega crime. Because paying your taxes is vitally important. And by these millionaires and billionaires not, not paying their taxes, they're taking money from you. Yeah. They're taking your money. Because the taxes go to fund public programs to put your kids in school to make your life better. These millionaires, outside of exploiting excess labor, which they've done already, they're taking your money away by not paying taxes. Taxes are good. You should pay more of them. There was this interesting ripple effect around tax day where you we follow a lot of freelance artists and writers, comic book uh, uh, artists, yeah, comic book artists and, and writers, and um, what they were kind of going through is like, wait, because I'm freelance, because I'm technically self-employed or, or or contract work, I paid more taxes than Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and whoever the hell owns Netflix, because uh-huh. those headlines were running that they essentially, uh. Tesla or what, whatever the hell Elon Musk companies are called, mm. uh, Amazon and Netflix paid basically zero dollars in tax. Yeah. The average person, if you didn't get a tax refund, you probably paid more in taxes than Amazon did. And that's insane because that's, that's like an 11, I mean, $81 billion company. I don't know what their revenues are. They're high. Yeah. They're not making. They're not paying any tax. Yep, that's effectively, insane. that's insane. Effectively, they're not paying any taxes because we've we've established a system. Let's break it down. Number one, the if the incarcerated can't vote, I know it seems far fetched, but I'm going to get there. Okay. 
The incarcerated not voting is a symptom of a system that we've allowed to flourish for a long time in which people with money tend have the opportunity to influence policy. Uh, so here's something interesting. When the incarcerated can vote, when the census data comes out, they do not they do not count on a census for where they are from. They count on a census for where the prison is. Mm. So areas that have prisons have inordinately high populations, so a greater voting power over an almost always uh, Republican legislator. Okay. So the private prison enterprise empowers people who are like moneyed landowners who have become legislators to have an increased amount of power, thus they propagate the prison system. And that's something that happens throughout all of society outside of prisons, is that people with wealth have accumulated the ability to silently, for centuries, create a system that favors them, where we have enough rules now that you don't have to pay taxes if you can hire the right people to do your taxes for you. Yeah. It's, you can opt out of taxes. You can just not, you can just not. Money is literally power. And I also, if you look at the fact that typically speaking, your average person who goes to prison uh, has a, the greatest determinant for whether or not you'll go to prison is how much money your parents had. Wow. That is the single greatest determinant. Race is not far behind that. Yeah. Uh, but typically speaking, if you go to prison and you can't vote, uh, then people with money vote. And that's a system that exists throughout all of the United States is people with money have much greater legislative power and have allowed themselves to be able to opt out of taxes because instead of going to prison, they have to pay fines or pay back taxes. Which is essentially... Oh, no, that's not illegal. You just have to pay for it. Yeah, you just have to... You have to... What What did the Catholic Church used to give out? Uh, indulgences? Yeah, it's just an indulgence. They're like, pay us $200,000. It's like, oh, And you fine. get into heaven. I'm sorry I didn't pay my taxes. I, I mean, if you think about, like, the average speeding fine, it's like, what, between $300 and $500, depending on the speed or whatever in the area... But uh, for the rich, it's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, here, take it. I, I have that on me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's insane. So if you can opt out of paying taxes, you can opt out of being prosecuted or, or meaningfully punished for your transgressions. Where do we go? Yeah. The only place we can go is put people in prison for not paying their taxes. You mean like a debtor's prison? No, like make not paying your taxes a felony. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it, though? Because, like, the IRS can... Well, I guess they seize all your assets and then garnish your wages so you're basically not earning anything. Yeah, but when has that ever happened to a billionaire? Oh, never, because they don't have to pay their taxes. Yeah. Why would they have to pay taxes? Yeah, the, the number of people I talk to on a daily basis with my job who have to pay thousands of dollars in taxes they can't afford, if, if you look at any major corporation, they will never have a tenth of the tax burden that the average individual has unless something changes. Yeah, I, I really feel like the government should just steal, break into Amazon, steal all the cash registers because they store all money is stored in cash registers. Look, here's my official announcement. Number one, I'm running for president. Number two, I am introducing a... Uh, re you know how we have a progressive tax rate? 
You're going to do a regressive tax rate? No, I'm going to do a retroactive tax rate <laughs> in that all money corporations have earned since 1990 is now subject to taxes. Wow. I do not anticipate people will vote for me. Anyway, the system's broken. I just wanted yeah. to talk about the Elizabeth Warren thing. That got on a whole thing for me. Yeah, I mean, I would back her. I would back a 2% wealth tax. Yeah, she's polling at like 1%, so... That's sad. Yeah. Is it because she wants to tax the rich? I don't know. Bernie Sanders is at like 27%. Is, does he want to tax the rich? He does. Well, then let's tax the rich. <laughs> Combine them. I mean, I'd vote for... Regardless of configuration, I would vote for a Warren-Sanders ticket or a Sanders-Warren ticket. Or not get political in the podcast. I would vote for Bernie Warren or... What's her first name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth Sanders. Or... Wait, why would the... Bern Elizabeth. Wait, are we talking about... If they were not like a... Not a president, vice president ticket, a combo, a combo person. Yeah, Bern Elizabeth or Elizabeth. I would... Uh, I would vote for Elizabeth Warren up top, Bernie Sanders on the bottom, and we all know why. Heyo. <laughs> uh, all things go there eventually. Uh, yeah. Oh, well... It's just sad the state of the state of being solidly established and not the rich class. Oh, if it, I was rich, I would pay my taxes and still have plenty of money to feed my pigs on five hundred dollar <laughs> bills. I mean, I think that uh, this podcast, at the very least, uh, tracks economics pretty interestingly because we went from uh, lower middle class to kind of middle class yeah not like middle middle class like lower middle class i mean if you want to get technical we started this podcast where i was below the poverty line i was making minimum wage at part-time jobs when we started this podcast i was making under minimum wage for the amount of the amount of time i actually worked well fine if we want to brag i was no no i'm, I'm just saying i i was i was I, when I paid my taxes for the year we started the podcast, I was $3,000 under the poverty line. Yikes. And now I am decidedly over the, the poverty line in the middle class to the point where I asked my money guy, uh, how do I not pay taxes? And my money guy said to me in Facebook Messenger, taxes are a civic duty and you should pay them. My money guy, by the way, is John. Uh, yes, I 100% agree. I don't think we should hash this out on the podcast, but that is... Uh... <laughs> I, just found, I found it funny. I, like, I told people, yeah, my money guy said taxes are a civic duty and I should pay them. And they're like, you should get a new money guy. And I was like, well, this is part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with me, as opposed to most money guys, is I do have society's best interests at yeah, heart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm not sure if I'm a money guy as much as I am, like, a saint. <laughs> You're not canonized. Uh, not yet. Nope. Patron saint of turbid cats. Saint Christine. Oh, okay. Is St. Christine the patron saint of housebound cats? I'm not Catholic, so I don't know what the saints are. Oh, that's... Gotta work on that. Saints, are on, they, only per, they only pertain to one religion. St. Christopher. Look, I'm going to give you a quick run. He's the saint of uh, travelers. St. Christopher, head of a dog, cannibal. Carried Jesus on his back over a river, might have been made of iron. St. Christine, <laughs> uh, housebound cats. St. Jude... Don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. 
uh, Saint Anger, song by Metallica. Saint Patrick. Do, 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 do. Pied Piper. <laughs> no, he played a he played a snake and chased all the flutes oh, out of Ireland. That's not what happened. I'm sorry. Were you raised Catholic? Yeah. Oh, half. Oh, so you know you know the half saints. <laughs> I know half of the saints, just not any of the ones you said. Drew Brees. <laughs> Saint Drew Brees. Patriot saint of long passes. Uh, I was going to say Gronk, but he's like a Patriots guy, right? Yeah, he's dead. Gronk. So, John, I don't know if you know this, but uh, as we speak right now, people for the first time are seeing Marvel's End Game. It is the world premiere tonight at the Hollywood Theater. Oh, I thought there was the... It's tonight. It I thought ha- the... All day today, I watched... Star after star, director, writer, walk down the velvet red comp carpet, com carpet, <laughs> as Snapchats on Twitter because I didn't want to watch anyone say anything uh-huh. in case they spoiled anything. But it's happening, and game fever is seizing the marble world, and the marble world is twenty seven percent of all entertainment because it's now owned by Disney. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to eventually buy tickets to go see this. I this is the first time maybe in a while that I'm kind of considering doing that thing when people go like offline to not get spoilers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't care that much. I, I I'm afraid because I, I I don't know if anyone's noticed, but our Twitter game has been on point or at least stronger lately. And now that people are seeing the movie, I am internally afraid of scrolling, trying to find relevant things to meme on. And I'm going to find that spoiler where it turns out it was all the snowflake of a baby's eye. Uh, So please uh, just keep in mind, since we both have notifications on our phone, at your earliest possible convenience, can you start tweeting potential spoilers (laughs) for the end of it? But make them all different. Yeah. So it's impossible to tell which one is the spoiler and which one isn't. But also, this is vitally important, make one of them the actual spoiler. No. Just put it in there somewhere. People actually have been jokingly saying fake spoilers and I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's kind of funny, but I also don't want any of them to be right. Yeah. Because I don't want it spoiled. That's kind of the nature of avoiding spoilers. But however, remember when we said it's dumb and stupid for people to try to like guess what's going to come next and like be like, oh, this means so-and-so's going to die. Guess what I have planned for the rest of the episode. Oh, no. S- Wait, can I do that again? I tried to say, I tried to say, estimates and guessing game, both of which were not how I should have responded to that. That is right. We are going to do a guesstimate game. GG no re, that's what we call it. GGHF. Wait, yep. <laughs> Wait, no. G- game, have fun. GLHF. Yes, good luck, have fun. We're, uh, we're going to put it right down. What do we think? Are what's gonna happen in Marbles Avengers and Game? Please, please. It's Marbles and Avengers and Game. What did I say? You said, I don't know what you said. I know, because I said what you said. <laughs> right, you said the right You thing. don't listen to it. You don't know. What are we doing? <laughs> We're we guesstimate game. Who's, Sorry, the same W is really. What is gonna happen in what's... Marbles and Avengers? And game. Do we want real predictions or fake predictions? I want you 
to do what you want to do, my friend. If you have some real predictions, I don't know if I want to hear them. But if you have fake predictions, I am all ears. I have real predictions mixed with fake predictions. Yeah. Oh, so what you want the, our, our Twitter followers to do to us, you're going to do to me. Uh, yes. Number one, Iron Man or Captain America or both will die by the end Why of... Why do people keep saying that? Because their contracts are up and that Chris Evans... nothing. Chris Evans, even before these movies were announced, was vocal about no longer wanting to do Marvel movies. That doesn't mean he gets a say. His con... I mean, he signs a contract. I mean... Look, Chris Evans, you remember in Civil War where he held that helicopter and did that like weird bicep porn shot yeah, that it's, everyone loved? It's pretty awesome. He tore a tendon in his bicep because they like told him to hold it in such a way. Uh, so he's probably out. That bicep's no good anymore. Oh, you're, yeah. You, you know, postseason. Yeah. He's going to really need to heal up. He's, he's really going to need to cup. Uh, but no, I, I, Iron Man... Why do you think Tony, Tony Stark, he loves it? I mean, that's all he's got going on. I could see Iron Man continuing on, but the most, uh, look, we can talk about this all day. All right, so you want to put those on the sidelines because you think they're givens. I think they're givens that one or both of those will die. No, it's so sad. I think you're wrong. Uh, it would be great if they died. <laughs> It'd be so good. Why do you want him to die? Ah, uh, because then Falcon can become the King Avenger. The King Avenger? We know that the first Avenger was Falcon. Well, Captain America, because there's the name of the movie. It's the name the first of the movie Avenger. is the first Avenger. But then the second one was Falcon. Mm, I don't know if that's true. Remember when Falcon showed up for the first time in the building? Who the hell is this dude? There's an Avengers building? <laughs> Who's this guy? What's his deal? Uh, you know, the, the character of Falcon has taken the mantle of Captain America before. Oh, in, uh, in, the some, comic of the, books? in some of those comics. Yeah, he doesn't have the star power for it. you got to bring in like a real heavy hitter, like a Peter Dinklage. What's wrong with Anthony Mackie, New Orleans native? Uh, I just haven't seen a lot out of him other than being Falcon. That's all he's done. What do you want from oh, him? Yeah. Um, he really needs to crank up the New Orleans. Here's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> He's going to be like, les roulet and take off. So we know they're, this is a given. We they're going to go back in time. They're going to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. So here's what's going to happen. Captain Marvel takes them back in time. With what? Not important. <laughs> Captain Marvel takes them back in time. I don't know if she has that power. To 1960s New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> they go to a speakeasy. They, they go to a speakeasy. Thanos is sitting on a poker table and they're like... Thanos was still on Titan at this time. Oh. In 1960s New Orleans, they play a high-stakes, two-hour, real-time, long game of Texas Hold'em poker... For the Soul Stone. Against whom? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Kingfish. The Kingfish? The guy in New Orleans who built the bridge. Huey P. Long. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are you talking about all the King's men? No, Huey P. Long. Wait. The governor, the mayor of New Orleans. That's the real person, but you said the Kingfish. Yeah, his nickname was the Kingfish. I thought that was Willie Stark's name no, that's, all the king's men no that's the fisher of men uh jesus that's christ, jesus christ. <laughs> so they have a two hour long you mean the king pen 
No, that's uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Wait, the Kingfish. I'm 100% you can sure seriously look it's up. It's Huey Long, the governor of Louisiana, <laughs> who built the bridge. Uh, so Huey P. Long uh, is in the speakeasy. Not the right time period, I don't think. Uh, and then they win the Soul Stone. There's a picture of Kingfish. <laughs> oh, that looks like the that looks like uh, Jesus. Uh, so they go, they get the Soul Stone, and then vitally important, they then go to. So you get an hour left of this movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, they go to uh, St. Louis Cathedral. Okay. Uh, and then they the go... The patron saint of soul stones, by yes. the way, St. Louis. They consult with St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the city, amazingly, named after him. Later, though. <laughs> the city of St. Louis, Missouri? Yeah, the, the city of Why Florida. is he in New Orleans? Why is he in New Orleans? Yeah. It's his cathedral. Why is cathedral... His cathedral's not in his city. His city comes later after the St. Louis Cathedral is burned in a fire, destroying his phylactery, and thus the lich is destroyed. They go into the soul stone. And inside the soul stone... How do you go into a stone? They already went back in time. Ant-Man! <laughs> you can't just say a character's name. He can't make other people... Hold on. I guess he can make other people small with his little frisbees. Hold on. I do want to say, What's up? you can't tell me that I can't solve problems in the Marvel Universe just by saying Ant-Man. Because the directors of Marvel movies have been doing it, and theory crafters have been doing that same thing for a while. What do you mean? He went into the universe. <laughs> he went into <laughs> the universe. Ant-Man. John, we're in the universe right now. Ant-Man went really small. That is his power. Ant-Man went on small mode. <laughs> And he went into the universe. <laughs> That's not what it... He went into the universe... Are you talking about the quantum realm? He went into the universe of bugs. If you read the comic books, you'd be familiar with the universe of bugs. Is that where Spider-Ham is from? No, Spider-Ham is from the Spider-Verse. Oh. That's the universe of spiders. <laughs> it's very, very close. So he goes into the universe of bugs. The and water bears? The, the, the tardigrades? Lower than a tardigrade. <laughs> Our bugs lower than a tardigrade. Uh, they, wait, hold on. Did they already go back in time in my theory? Yes. Okay, so when he's in the universe of bugs, they go back in time. I can't. Uh, they go back in time to uh, the First World War, and then they enlarge inside of the head of Red Skull and kill him. <laughs> just like whenever you would watch a magic school bus, and you're like, what if that just turned into a school bus while it was inside a person? Wait, uh, you keep saying they. This is all of them. All of the remaining Avengers. It's like all, like 10 or 11 or 12 of them are enlarging inside Red Skull's head. Well, at the same time. It is, it is. That's ev- gotta be the most painful thing in existence. It's every Avenger except Bruce Banner. Oh, why is he out? Killed himself. <laughs> why did he kill himself? It was early in the movie. <laughs> he didn't mention that part. I, I feel like it was implied with the storytelling. <laughs> yeah, obviously, by the setting of 1960s New Orleans, yeah. I could have derived the conclusion that poor Bruce Banner <laughs> killed himself. Uh, also, Iron Man and Captain America have to die at some point in this theory to make it hold up. They explode <laughs> out of the skull of Red Skull. What timestamp are we at? <laughs> Uh, in the podcast or this theory? No, in the theory, because two hours was a poker game. It's a three and a half hour long movie. Yeah, right? It's just a three hour movie. Okay, so we're now at two hours and 55 minutes. 
see you've got five minutes to wrap this up. Uh, so they explode out of the head of Red Skull. Uh, but it's at the end of Captain America the First Avenger. Okay. Where Red Skull and Captain America are fighting. Yeah. So when Captain America sees Captain America, gone. They back, both just Back die. to the future style. Wait, oh, be- wait, it's <laughs> not how it worked in Back to the Future. Uh, they both disappear, and that's very sad. Uh, oh, and then wow. uh, Iron Man kills himself. <laughs> Iron Man... Iron Man kills himself, uh, and then, yeah, I think that pretty much ties it up. Roll, <laughs> it roll, it roll all the credits. Roll credits. The, I For, mean, the... Well, what's the first end, middle credit scene? The fir- Well, the first credits, the song choice is important. <laughs> okay. They pl- plays into the story somehow. Yeah, they play Girl from Ipanema. I don't know what that is. A uh, girl from Ipanema goes walking and as she passes, each one. Is that the passes. elevator song? Da, yeah, da, it is. Da, it absolutely is. And then the first, uh, the first mid credits because the mid credits it shows the stories yet to come. <laughs> what <laughs> the stories yet to come? So uh, after the first part it's of the credits, just movie titles. <laughs> After the beginning of the credits pass, it says, Please enjoy these stories yet to come. These tales of futures past, if you will. And then it... It... Opens. Wait. Wait. What opens? The the scene. Okay. The scene begins. The mid-credits scene happens. Okay. Okay. What is it? What happens is... You see a train... In front of the camera. <laughs> like the train is passing by. Okay. And then when the train passes and is gone, X-Men. <laughs> what? Just the name? No, they were behind the train. Just standing there? Yes. And then it does like a triple like rack zoom on Professor X. It goes dun 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 yeah. onto his face. And they winks and like licks his lips. And then more credits play. <laughs> You and didn't then, solve the problem of <laughs> Infinity War at all. Well, there's a last credit scene. Oh, okay. And it's typically the silly one. Uh, so, more credits play. These are very long, but still the lights haven't come up in the Alamo Draft House, so you know. Yeah, so you know there's more to there's come. There's absolutely another one absolutely. coming. Absolutely. And then uh, when the lights... Well, the lights come up later. Uh, but after... All of the credits. After all of the credits, it there's like a solid like three second wait where you're like, oh man, are they gonna have one? Yeah. Are they not? And then when it comes up, it's the Avengers Institute. The Avengers building. Uh it's the Avengers. Uh and then it's one shot, laborious one shot goes inside the building, and uh once it's inside the building, uh Bucky Barnes has killed himself. No, he died already. <laughs> Shit. What? <laughs> he didn't solve the problem. Wait, who's left? What, the problem of yeah. Infinity War? They went back in time. Never happened. <laughs> no. But they didn't stop it from happening, presumably. They just went back in time. That's not f- solving a problem. Uh, they went back in time and exploded out of Red Skull's brain, which means he never became the keeper of the soul stone on the oh, distant planet. Meaning Thanos could never get it. Wow. No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that the Soul Stone would just find another Guardian. Yeah, it found another Guardian. Who is it? 
Uh, it was, uh, who did I say killed himself the second time? <laughs> Bucky Barnes. Uh, Bucky Barnes. Okay, so Bucky Barnes somehow killed himself twice and also as a guardian for the Soul Stone. Yeah, and then he Which goes, he never saw. Yes. It's in his arm. Well, I and guess... And then it says the white lion will reawaken Why is he him. a lion? What'd they call him? The white wolf. The white wolf will vampire the masquerade bloodlines. Two. Two. And all of these movies have been a laborious trailer for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I think that's very misleading. Yeah. Because usually it's just about vampires and keeping up the masquerade. Yeah. Well, this was a real masquerade. Professor X winks and licks his lips. That's what, that's what he says. <laughs> Why does he, the first he says, this is but a real masquerade. And it's young Professor X. Yeah, it's James McAvoy. Yeah, because apparently old Professor X is no longer canon. He can't. He can't do it anymore. He can't. He's busy. (sighs) Wow. Well, thank you for walking us (laughs) through what you think is going to happen. Um, And you? I do have notes. Okay. I don't know how it can compare (laughs) to what you just presented. So, we open on the Earth. Uh-huh. The entire planet. Is there anything that tells us it's Earth so I know where we are? There, there, there is laboriously uh, the hand of Joe Russo scribbling <laughs> a permanent Ooh, marker. I like it. Woody Allen style. Earth. And then he draws an arrow to the planet. Uh-huh. So you can tell. And then, uh, you know, Captain Marvel... Sends the Earth back in time uh-huh. to 1960s New Orleans. Okay, I think that makes sense so far. I, yes, because little little known fact, it's cheaper to shoot <laughs> in 1960s New Orleans than any other place in America. Especially in 2000s New Orleans. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't do that, no. Most filmed over in America. I mean, the taxes alone, and then like you have to like pay the owners of shops. Yeah. Whereas in the 1960s, you just hold a gun out, and well, everyone's it's like, ooh. Horses walk around like people. Ooh, I don't want to be shot by no gun. <laughs> yeah. All right, so then 1960s, they go to a speakeasy. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a two-hour <laughs> long-form real-time uh-huh. Texas poker match. Okay. Four. Wait, who are they playing against? Oh, now that's very, <laughs> very telling. Uh, it's actually... So you know the Starks have a long history in the comic book world. There's yeah, there's Bran, Tony Stark, <laughs> there's Howard Stark, and then there's their grandfather Willie Stark. Uh-huh. He was the governor of New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> the governor of Louisiana. Oh, the Kingfish? He, the Kingpin. Oh, okay. Who is also later his son rules over New York City. That's a whole another story. So Willie Stark, they're playing him just for all of the money in Louisiana, which uh-huh. they need to buy a spaceship to get to Titan, uh-huh. which has a replica 1960s New Orleans uh, section that Thanos has recreated with a reality stone. They had so much hubris. So the first two hours is just practice. They get the money from Willie Stark. They win him by using subtlefuge and... Uh, uh, what's his name? Ant Man goes really. He goes small. Uh huh. He went small <laughs> into the card deck uh-huh. and fed the good cards. Oh, 
Oh, nice. Who, who do you think would be to rocket raccoon? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this makes sense so far. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course, a talking possum. And he's like, what? I thought I was a rabbit. It's this whole thing. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, it's funny because there's like a cultural thing there. Because yeah. they're like, gonna make possum etouffee. Exactly. And so they take the money. They travel to the future, to the present. With the spaceship. Well, no, no. They use Captain Marvel's powers to travel back to the present. Okay. It's kind of similar to yours. I think we lined up in a few places, but here's where it differs. Uh Uh-huh. They buy a spaceship. In present times. In present times. Okay. And they fly to Titan. Is it a... What's the... What's the... What's the... The aliens? The Chiantes? Yeah, it's uh, the, it's it's the Chiantes with some fava beans. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that whole alien race of, of Hannibal Lecter's. Uh-huh. Are you talking about the Kree? No, they they were. Remember when Manhattan's attacked the first time? The Chitari. Chitari. No, they're dead. Oh. Ant Man went small. <laughs> Ant Man went. Ant Man went real small. Real small. All right. So they they and then the rest of the movie. Because that was a two-hour, the rest of the movie, it's a real-time journey through space. Oh. Nothing happens. And then just credits after the space? What about the three hours? They had an hour left. Oh, I guess they did. Does anything happen at the end of the movie? or does So it... the credits start rolling. And it's... While it's moving through space. While it's moving through <laughs> space. And Born to be Wild gets uh-huh. stuck in a loop. Oh, no. wait, not even the part you think it is. No, no, no. It's, it's just, it goes, born, born. Yeah, it gets stuck in a loop. They forgot to jiggle the uh, the needle. Uh-huh. As as all good movies, they use well, rec- record it, players. It's on vinyl for the clear, crisp sound. Yeah, you don't The entire put, movie. Yeah, you think the Russo brothers are going to put an MP3 yes. born to be wild? Yeah, no, 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 no. Why don't you get at some fucking class? Get some class. And uh, so, in the middle of the the looped born to born born, the first middle credit scene plays. Born is still being looped over. <laughs> okay, they get to nineteen sixties replica New Orleans on Titan. Titan. This is a first because this is the first time the interstitial credit sequence has just been the plot of the movie. <laughs> And they confront him. Meanwhile, the credits are still rolling. Uh-huh, it's still going, born, They born. confront him, and they're like, hey, Thanos, we challenge you to a Texas Hold'em poker uh-huh. tournament. Because that's all they know yeah. at this point. They've been, they they think they're still in the past. Yeah. Even though they got The there. replica is so seamless. It's, yes. In fact, he looks like the actor. Thanos has been recast to the actor that they get to play Willie Stark. Uh-huh. And uh, the credits keep rolling. Another two... <laughs> Another two hour. Another well, two hours Because pass. the runtime does not count the credits. And the credits are still rolling. <laughs> it's still looping born, uh-huh. born, born over the dial. Uh-huh. It's actually getting louder. You really can't hear the dialogue at a certain point. It gets softer when there's no dialogue. <laughs> as soon as somebody opens their mouth, it's yeah. boring. Yeah, it's like it's like an auto-ducking problem. Like, I don't know what's up. Yeah, it's like reverse. Somebody yeah. reversed it. <laughs> the credits start rolling again. <laughs> okay. It's this scene, by the way, not over. Still happening while the credits are rolling. The credits are actually colliding into the other credits. It's just... <laughs> it's, so they start running 
the old, the new so it's like parallax like, yes, so there are credits moving between other credits exactly okay uh-huh is it at this point the movie like starts over but like in a in a transparent overlay <laughs> over what's actually happening <laughs> hold on <clears throat> We get to the second mid-credit scene. What? Why is this so funny? Well, at this point, you see, you've been going for three hours, so you've bled into a new runtime. So they start playing the movie again over the one that yeah. you're still watching in an old school. There's two projectors. If you sit through all of it, you get to the second mid-credit scene. Uh huh. Thanos has lost. Yes. And he gives them. One of the stories. <laughs> you have to watch it five more times. <laughs> oh, your viewing's randomized. <laughs> if you watch it all six times in a row, you finally get to see the end credit scene. Whew, where Ant Man goes small. <laughs> and then he. That's it. <laughs> It doesn't... They, they get all the soul stones. Yep. And then Ant Man just goes. Whoop, and then not only does, not only does the movie end. Yeah. The the screen goes black. The lights come up as hard as they come up, and dogs are released to get people out of the theater. The theater begins shaking and crumbling, <laughs> like the House of Usher. Yeah, okay. it's the fall of the House of Usher. It's the fall Turns of the House out, of Usher. you were just living the fall of the House of Usher the entire time. That seems like uh, I think the Russos have really outdone themselves. I think that's probably more on the mark than mine was. Yeah, I think so. I, I well, I mean, I don't want to speak. Easy. <laughs> I don't want to suit my own my own predictive powers here. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, you're like a masters of English, yeah, so this yeah. stuff comes pretty natural to you. I've seen over a thousand hours of YouTube channels, and as it turns out, when you watch this version of Endgame, you will have to watch a thousand of hours of Endgame before you actually see the end. I think if you blink at any point during it, you might as well start over. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a marathon, not a sprint, is the most important thing to keep in mind. Yes, it's about five marathons at a time. Yeah. So no matter what, go see Marvel's Marvel's Avengers and Game. Yes. If that sounds like your cup of tea, and if you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee it is. I hope I hope that was good. I hope that was presentable. <laughs> uh, I think it was presentable, and uh, I think, given that we've weighed in not only on politics that we shouldn't have talked about, probably uh, we talked. To, we really hit it all because yeah. we we like to say this is the podcast where we talk about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. This is the podcast where we talk about ghosts. This is the podcast where we talk about ghosts, and we really hit the biggest things. We hit what's happening right now in politics. We hit what's happening right now in Game of Thrones, and we hit what's happening right now in the Marvel Universe. The three soul stones of the zeitgeist <laughs> were all addressed, and I think with that... It's time. We can now conserve our powers to conquer another world, and then awake, smiling on a grateful universe. Oh, that's a line. Uh, I don't know what it's from. I think it's from... Uh, oh, Ant-Man! 
It's from Ant-Man. That's what he says before he goes small. I was going to say all the Kingsmen, but you're right. Oh, Every time before he goes small, he says that. Yeah, I didn't like all the Kingsmen. Golden I- Circle was okay. Haha, <laughs> ha. jokes about movies. Oh, man. Also based on a comic book. Shazam! Should we do social media? Yeah, probably, because at this point we're just throwing everything at the mic. Should we talk about Shazam? No. Uh, I'll do social media since you did it last time. Sounds good to me. As not to inconvenience your wife. Uh, I want that on a shirt. I just want a shirt that says, as not to inconvenience (laughs) your wife. Doesn't mean anything. It sounds kind of like a John Mulaney punchline. It does. As our podcast is, <laughs> it is a uh, joke about John Mulaney. Yep. So, if you want to send us your theories, I feel like I've asked people for their theories a lot, so pony up, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, if you want to send us your theories or spoilers, as a matter of fact, not if you want to, please send us your spoilers, both real and imagined, to our Twitter at ZC. PCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. So if you want to get in contact with us and send us your spoilers or theories, actually, John's asked for your theories before, so pony up, motherfuckers. You can get us in contact with us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for John. It stands for Zero Credits as a Podcast at gmail.com is the email address where you can send us, I don't know, attachments? <laughs> you want to send us a fucking PDF? You want to send us a 34-page PDF? You want to put a signature on it? Fucking emails. We're also on Spotify. You can find us by searching for zero credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses, in the podcast section of Spotify. Should have called it Podify. Uh, we are also on Facebook. You can find us by searching for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. My Facebook app has ceased working and my life has become better. I subscribe to a lot more premium Snapchats. Uh, and you can find us on Twitch because you streamed recently. I did stream recently. Uh, we are on twitch.tv slash zero credits. What'd you stream? Uh, Risk of Rain 2. Nice. We Sh- can keep that going for another, like, two months? Yeah, maybe one month. Uh, Shout out to Hopu Games. Shout out to Hopu! They made Risk of Rain 2. Oh, yeah. Man, weird Twitter beef. That wasn't a beef. It was a minor beef. It was like a steakum. Oh, where I got into it with that other guy? Yeah. I mean, honestly, our Twitter's pretty hot right now. You got some You got some pretty nice heat from the Taylor Swiftiverse. We poked the Taylor Swiftiverse. We, we've gotten some really organic follows. We're... For the people at home keeping track, we're up to 44 followers on our Twitter. That's 12 up from last week. That's like a 33% increase almost. Yeah. More than anyway. That's how I'd write it on the resume. So we covered the Twitch, we covered the Facebook, but you know we have to cover one of the most important methods under which you could get us under which, uh, by which you could get us known, which is Apple Podcasts. The beautiful megalithic behemoth that is Apple. Find Zero Credits Podcast there. Like, comment, subscribe to our premium Snapchat uh, if you're bad. And most importantly, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you want us to survive, 
We've never addressed this. There might be some fans out there that want us to die. Oh, no. I call them the die fams. Not the die fams. If you want, actually, let us know whether you're a, a live, a survive fam or a die fam. And uh, let us know if you want us to live or die. We'll take it into consideration. We won't. Wow. Nothing can stop me from living. Uh, but no, please tell your friends, tell everyone, you know, tell your podcast network uh, to listen to our podcast. We won't join. We're unmonetizable. <laughs> Are we? Uh, you could make the argument. Okay. Eh, there's way worse stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. We've bur- we got to delete a couple episodes. Nah. Okay. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits, two bath, two bed, studio apartment, guest room studios, we want to wish you a happy and game. And game. It's like Doctor Strange said right before he became a dust bunny. <laughs> oh boy! We in that end game. Sonny! He really he he said it all. I tear up every time. Doctor Strange is like a <laughs> he's like a big wizard. <laughs> Bye. Bye. for the end of the podcast where we say something funny.